Can you hear me? Children, you are dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel. And uh, if you are here this morning and you are still with me and awake, Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. You know, Dancing with the Stars, what is it? You could turn me down if you would, please. Uh, Dancing with the Stars, what does she say? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you our judges. How many of you watch Dancing with the Stars? Okay, so isn't that what she's uh, not? So you think you can dance. That's right. Let me introduce you to your judges. I'm always like judges. So church, I want to introduce you to judges. Judges chapter 6. Um, I, I love this story, man. There's so much that I want to share today. And, and yet I'm just going to kind of like dive right in here and, and we're going to ask God to give direction and where he wants me to go with this message today. And, and again, I just want to thank all of you for, for everything that you've done and just the kindness you've shown monetarily through love, through work, and through deed. It means so much uh, to me. So I just want to say thank you. Is that better? Okay, for some reason I'm clicking and clacking, and now I'm fading, 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 fading. Okay, all right. So Judges chapter 6, we're going to talk a little bit about Gideon and what took place in his life. Let me just give you a quick introduction on the story of transformation. And today your story can be a story of transformation as you hear God speak to you. You know, a lot of times we, we refer right away to the New Testament, but I love this as I've been doing this series on Word of God Speak. I want people to understand just the importance of what God did with God's people and how he could use us in so many ways. And everybody thinks that, that the guy that has to actually be used of God is a guy who is qualified. And oftentimes we're not qualified. God calls us. God will always take the unqualified. He'll teach us. And, it, and for some of you that says, well, he, you've got that gifting. You do well. Let me tell you this. Getting in front of people is still very, very, uh, it's, there's anxiety. Even this morning there was anxiety. My wife didn't know that I was going to present her with a gift today because I didn't want October to get away. But because of all the events that were going on, there's still that anxious feeling. Many of you, it's very difficult to read a card or to say something or do something because you're standing in front of people. What are you going to say that, that might, you know, uh, maybe emotions get in the way or maybe the word doesn't come out or you won't pronunciate the word correctly. And for many of you know that I couldn't say my letter R and I had to go through speech therapy. But this is where God took me. He took a guy who was cowardly and said, I don't want to get in front of people because of the fear that I have. And yet we noticed in the scriptures that God used over the last several weeks, we went over uh, men of God in the Bible. There was Abraham. And then we looked at Moses. Then we looked at Joshua. And today we're going to be looking at Gideon and looking at his life, that he was courageous in his life. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a platform because I know that there's many of you that are in this room that feel a sense of inadequacy and a sense of insecurity. Well, I want you to know that you don't have to feel like that anymore, that you can walk in the newness of Christ. And that if you feel like you're limited by some of the things in your life, I want you to know that you can go the extra distance. can't do it on your own. You can do it through Christ. Remember, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I was going to show a video. I won't show that video today because of time. Then I always want to be conscientious of that time. 
But I want to just take the scripture that's here as we look in the life of Gideon. He was a judge in the Old Testament. That's why the Old Testament is called Judges. It tells the most tragic story of how God's people consistently walked away from hearing from him year after year. There was a cycle that would be repeated during the time and the children of Israel were constantly and continually just going away from him. No matter what took place over those years, they were always straying away. You know, what keeps us moving? What keeps us going, church? You know, is it that we need this feeling? Is it that we need something? Or is it that we're obedient to hearing the voice of God? I saw on Facebook this morning that it was uh, from a, a lady we've known from many years ago. She put wallpaper up in our home probably 30 years ago at our old house there in Ravenna. And uh, she said, what do I do when I have nothing to say when I'm on my knees praying? Nobody commented. Nobody liked it. And I wrote her back, and here's what I said. The Holy Word of God says, Be still and know that I am God. Wow. As I was writing that, I was even encouraged within my own spirit because I thought, wow, sometimes within our own prayer closets, in those moments where we just want God to speak to us, we're so busy putting out our petition and our requests that we miss what God is trying to say to us. Listen, we can't get guidance from God unless we're listening. And you can't listen if you're talking. So we have to be very, very careful how that plays out. Now here in the book of Judges, we start to notice that here the Midianites were. It was, and, and it's crazy because it was the time of harvest. And every time the time of harvest came around, year after year after year, every time it came around, the Midianites would come over and they would take the crops from the children of Israel. So it always kept them in a place of drought. And we're going to get into that this morning. But here's a neat story about just this text. What most people do not know is that the Midianites are descendant of Abraham. Now, he says, as far as there are stars and sand by the seashore, so, so, so shall your descendants be blessed. But here are the Midianites. They are cousins to all those in the camp. But yet the text, if you look with me here in Judges chapter 6 verse 1, it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Let me just stop right there and show you something. Because of all of the hardship that was taking place with the children of Israel, every time they knew the Midianites were coming to, to take over, and they said the scripture says they're like grasshoppers. They came through. They came through like a storm. They, they came through and just terrorized the children of Israel. That's what happens when we lose our place in our relationship with God. We're the ones that walk away. The children of Israel, 40 years they kept walking and strolling and, and they were losing their sight. And, and for, for this reason, that God said, okay, here you go. Hopefully there will come a time and a place that you will become better instead of bitter. Miracle after miracle after miracle started to take place. In verse 3 and it says, And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Malachites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. 
they camped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come into Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. Now, this is the King James Version. I also have my NLT, and I referred to some of the scripture in here, but I'm just going to keep it right here right now because I have my notes in here. And as you can tell, my good old Bible is old, and I just love this good old book. And, uh, but in, in verse uh, 5, For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Now, I don't want you to get bored and go, oh, here is an Old Testament message. This is just killing me. I'll make it relevant for you, okay? We'll make it applicable too, and then we'll all go home and hopefully be challenged this morning by God's holy word. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. Now, we already went through that. Moses, they, they were out of there and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, the house of slavery. And I delivered you, delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Wow. Let's pray real quick. Father God, please add a blessing to your word. And Lord, I, I don't want to feel like I'm rushing your word because you're more important to me than the time. Lord, we realize that we just fell back in time. So for some, it might seem like it's into the afternoon right now. But Lord, we know that your word is important. And Lord, it's valuable. So Lord, we pray that you'll water it. And I pray that we'll hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. In your holy name we pray, amen. And because of all this, did you guys notice I didn't even do our Bible decree? I just said that. Well, look at that. That's okay, but we're going to keep moving. We know where we hide God's word. Where? In our hearts. Amen. So here's where it's at. The call of Gideon. Now I'm going to paraphrase everything, and then we're going to drive this thing home, okay? So here we go. It's Gideon. Gideon says every time they come in, I'm going to go to the wine press, the wine press, many of... Uh, of uh, the children of Israel and all of the men and women, they would escape. They would go to caves. They would go to private places, places where they felt secure. And in the scripture, the word stronghold means that they actually build up fences so that when the Midianites would come, it would guard their, their livestock. It would guard their, their, um, their flocks and their harvest, their produce, everything. And so they would, would put all this stuff up just so that it would protect what they invested in, what they planted in, the things that they did. So here is a man, and his name is Gideon. And Gideon is just a farmer, but he's a leader, and he's known as being a spiritual man of God. And in the Scripture, it actually says there he was a man of valor. Man, that is amazing. Wouldn't that be awesome if we all were able to just say, I don't care if you're a child in here, if you're a teenager, wouldn't you want to be known as a woman of valor or a man of valor? Meaning that you are a man or woman of God. So here he was. He was in the wine press and he's got his wheat in there and he's taking care of his wheat and he's busy doing the, the, the Lord's work and and, uh, and trying to help the children of Israel. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears. 
to Gideon. And he says to him, here are some things that I want you to do. And Gideon says, what? Wait a minute, isn't it interesting? Watch the correlation. Many of us think we're hiding from God. You're not hiding, and this isn't a game of hide-and-go-seek. He knows your name. The Bible says he knows the very hairs on your head. He knows what you're going through. He knows the valley that you're in. He knows the mountaintop that you're on. He knows exactly where you're at, what you're doing. He's all about your victories, as well as he's, he's all about your shortcomings and your losses. He says, I'll never leave you, nor I'll never forsake you. He knows who you are. And yet this young man decides, I'm going to get inside of here because I'm a coward. I'm afraid. Do you know when God starts to speak, many of us get afraid. You know, people will come to me and say, now, how do I know the difference? Well, what do you mean, how do you know the difference? Get into God's word and it'll be as clear as can be as I'm standing right here with a yellow tie on. You'll know without a shadow of a doubt what God wants you to do. And when he starts to speak, you start to react and act on it. And you'll start to feel the presence of God. And things will start to take place in your life that you never thought would ever happen. That's our God. So I think he was in the wine press and there he is down there in this hole. And, and, and they're out there just destroying and taking and killing and, and taking everything from the children of Israel. And he is down there praying and the angel of the Lord comes to him. And he is speaking to him. But here's what's interesting to me about this story. And listen, church, why is it that every time God shows himself real to us, that every time God shows up in our circumstances, in our adversity, that we second guess if it's him or not? God, is that really you? Well, sure, it's me. Did you just see? It would be impossible for you to get that car for $500 that was provided for you. It's impossible for you to be healed from that cancer. It's impossible for you to be broke and now all of a sudden have provision. No. We, here's what we do. And this is exactly what he did. He kept negotiating with God. He kept saying, but if you do this, I will do that. So then down in the text... And again, for sake of time, I'm not getting there, so I'm, I'm fast-forwarding this. But for sake of time, he puts out a fleece. And he goes, okay, God, here we go. Great. Here's Gideon negotiating with God again. And here's what he's telling him. If you'll just show up, I'll do my part. I think God sits up there and walks around among us and around us and all over us. And he thinks, what in the world are you doing, my child? Here's what I often think about myself. I think he says this. Todd, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Why are you asking again? That's what I always think to myself. That's the little word that goes. So God says, I mean, Gideon starts to negotiate. And he goes, okay, God, here's what I want you to do. Here's this fleece. If you'll do something for me, I'm going to throw this fleece out. And in the next morning, if you show yourself real, I know that you're with me, among me. And then I will go ahead and do exactly what you want me to do. He says, if you just go ahead and make that fleece wet and the ground dry, I'll know you're here. Well, duh. Wouldn't you know he was already there if the angel of the Lord showed up in the middle of your pit? I know what death is like. My, my little sister says, you know what? We've seen the hand of God in the midst of death. We, God showed up. 
So do I walk around the rest of my life and go, God's not real? What? I mean, I know God is real and He's alive. And so Gideon wakes up and he goes out and he looks at that fleece and guess what? Duh. Say this with me. Duh. It's wet. Oh, but he's still not happy about it. So then he goes right into, okay, God, let one more time. He's like, what in the world? See, when God calls you, he calls you. And you're his child. And when he wants you to do something, don't wait. Start doing it. I knew that when I was 15 years old, when God called me, I heard him speak and I reacted upon his prompting. And I said, God, here I am. Use me. I didn't know where I was going to go. Lord have mercy. Has it been a journey? But it's been a big, good, great journey. So then Gideon says, okay, one more. One more before I hit the road. What, Gideon? Okay, now that you made the fleece wet, how about tomorrow if you'll make the ground wet and the fleece dry? And I could just see it now. Oh, you are one nut job. But I see potential in you. So God said, yep, he can do it. He just needs more proof so he can stand for me and not against me. And so the next morning he gets up and guess what happened? Gosh, guess what happened with Gideon? Yep, that's right. The ground was wet and the fleece was dry. And so God kept showing up because, you see, God loves you. He cares for you. He sent His Son to die for you, to give you life and to give you an abundant life. All you've got to do is surrender to His will and His way. See, if He says He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come into the Father but by me, through me, we realize that we've got to live a life totally separated and sold out for Him. And He said, all right. Here I am, God. Use me. Let's do this all together. Duh. Duh. And so then he goes ahead. Group participation. I love it. He then proceeds to say. No. (laughs) Thanks much. To to Gideon. Gideon, you have too many men. You're going to take the Midianites. And he says, I'm going to do what? He goes, yeah, you're going to take the Midianites. And he said, "Um, do you know how many men those are? Do you see what's going on over there? We're talking hundreds and thousands and hundreds and thousands and triple digits. He goes, I know. And he goes, that's like crazy to me. He goes, you know what the great part of it is, Gideon? Because you're a man of valor, because you're my child and you're a great warrior, You're going to go with less men than you already have. And he goes, what? He goes, yeah, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down there and I want you to take those, all of your soldiers. Take them down to the water, tell them to get a drink. So they all walk down to the water, they all go get a drink. And he said, there's something I want you to have you do. For those that kneel and lap it up like a dog into the river, we won't take them. And he says there in his word, for those that took their hand and lapped it in their hands like a dog, they will go. And this is how it played out. Gideon. Yes, God. C 
see those 300 men. Yes, God. Take them with you into battle. What, God? 300 men? Do you understand what that's like? That's like one to every 500. How can we do it? He goes, oh, remember, I'm God. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the one that fights for you. I'm the one that's for you. I'm the one that's here with you. And so he said, okay, here I go. He goes, we're going to go ahead and go right in. And so he went into battle. What do we learn from the story, church? We learn from the story that oftentimes we don't feel adequate. We feel uncomfortable. We don't feel a sense of, yes, I can do that job. You know, this church right now, we've got all these little people. We need some children chapel workers. We need people in the sound booth. Help us out. Let's spread the gospel. Let's get the word of God out. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind. That which is that good, perfect, permissible, awesome will of God. He said, don't act like the world. Be transformed. Be kingdom minded. Listen to what I'm saying. Church, wake up. We are now conforming to the world and the world is not conforming to us. That's an issue in America. Amen. We have to realize that we've got to get a hold of this thing that's going around where in case there's a mass movement. No, here's the problem with the church. God doesn't want 5,000 people. He'll take 150 moving to Talmadge, Ohio to reach the whole city. Amen? Because that's how big God is. I love, I love what the... Uh, there was many of... In the Bible, see, look, I'm pretty... I'm like a professional at this. Can you tell? Let me see if I can do this again. And uh, I remember that back when I was a kid. Let's see if I can do the hula hoop with this mic. Here we go. <laughs> Anyhow, that's not why it's up here. I just thought I'd throw that in there. All right. There was a revival that took place. And then I'll close. So as we wind down our service, I want you to, I want you to listen very closely. God was telling Gideon, you don't need 320,000 soldiers. You only need me. You only need those 300 men. And if you'll take those 300 men with you into battle, you won't get the glory. I will get the glory. You won't get the credit. I will get the credit. So God likes to use small numbers so he can do big things. And in our churches today, we think, oh, I've got to go over there. I love that we have needs in this church. We're going to be having our new members class. And if this is something you want to do, and we'll, we'll look into your life and all that kind of stuff and get your social security number. And I'll open up a bank account to get some cool watches. And I just, I'm just joking, just kidding. And uh, so anyhow, but I will tell you this, that God wants to use us to reach this city. And, and with this last story I want to share with you. Many of you are familiar with the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival was one of the greatest revivals that swept the world. Church, we have revival right here, right now. It's been going on in our church. Souls have been saved and lives have been changed and things have been happening that normally don't happen and we don't need to have, you know, a big, huge, mega church 
We need to just be what God wants us to be because he said we're two or more gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. So one by one by one, God started using his people. Why are we limited? Why do you say, well, children's chapel isn't for me? The nursery's not for me. Being on the board is not for me. This isn't for me. That isn't for me. Well, that's all Gideon said. And God said, oh, no, Gideon, you are a man of valor. And so, church, today I want you to know you are highly favored. You are anointed. You are a winner, not a whiner. You are a victor, not a victim. You have favor with God. God wants to use you. Let go of yourself. Make a difference. Be a difference. Show people that you are different. And so in the Welsh revival, revival started taking place. People started getting on their knees and they started praying. Things started happening. I don't want to have a church where it's packed full of people, where nobody's praying, nobody's seeking the face of God. He says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I also love what it also says in God's word in, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call me, you will come to me, you will pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and I will... And find me when you seek me with what? With your whole heart. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We need to believe His plans. We need to understand that what God is doing, that He is moving. And so in this text, we see that God uses people. I'm standing in this circle right now, not because I'm going to pick it up, but because in that great revival, there was a pastor who said, as I travel, he was a wonderful evangelist. And he would continually step outside the city. And as he would step outside the city, he would lift his hands up and he would pray to God. He would say, oh, God, hear my prayer. God, listen to me. God, I pray for your power and your anointing over that city. I pray that a movement will take place, that people will fill your spirit, and that we'll be able to be used in a way that, God, only this world will be able to see you and not me. Oh, but God, I stand in this circle right now. And I reflect on my own life. And before I can reach a city, I need to, I need to hear you speak. So, God, it's just me. It's just me in this circle, just the sinner saved by grace. So God, help me to believe. Help me to have faith like Gideon did. Help me not to be cowardly, but to have a faith that people will see you in me and that the masses can be reached. Oh God, before the circle gets bigger, may the circle stay right where it's at. Help me, God. Let me hear you. Let the world hear you. We can never reach people until we have a relationship with God in a personal way. So where are you at, church? Have you been in your wine press? Have you been hiding in your closet? 
Have you been hiding in places where God can't use you and move you like He could? Like He did Gideon? Say this to Him. Try Him. God, here I am. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of all the struggles. God, use me. I've been running from You for years. God, use me. Help me to be what I need to be for You. We can then step outside that circle and we start to see God do a great work. So with that being said, would you all stand to your feet? God's moving my pulpit too. He shook that right up, didn't he? So church, may I encourage you today to allow God to move in your heart and to stir in your heart and in your soul and in your life. In this room could be the next greatest evangelist, could be the next greatest teacher, could be the next greatest janitor could be the next greatest lawn guy Paul says he needs every person for we are the body and this is his church what did we learn from him today we learned from Gideon that we can hear God speak if we just listen we also learned that we can't negotiate with God because God always wins. And once He already plucked you and picked you, you are His. And no matter what you try to do, remember, just as a father loves his child, the daddy will discipline his son or his daughter. God loves you so much that He wants to do something with your life. Don't leave it up to the person next to you. Don't leave it up to the person in front of you or behind you. Church, Love God and surrender to His will like I did. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. Where you're standing, you can come up and you... Here we have an altar call and you can come to the altar call and you can altar and you can pray. I'm going to ask you to stand inside the circle. Stand inside your circle. And that circle happens to be this sanctuary. And in order for this church to reach the masses and the multitudes of this city and abroad... We've got to say, here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. Send me. Here I am, God. With all my imperfections, with all my fear, here I am, God. He wants to use you. Would you let him? Would you surrender to that? Thankful for the story where God spoke to Gideon. Gideon reacted And the victory took place because with 300 men, they were able to take out the Midianites. With God, all things are possible. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, that we have this opportunity to come before you. Say, God, here I am. Use me. Mold me. God, change me. God, I surrender all to you. 
all to you I surrender. As the old hymn says, Lord, we also know that the hymn says trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so, God, we just, as we come before you, Lord, and, and we look at our own lives and our own sphere, our own reference of influence, God, take us. Help us to be better, better in our, our position within our relationships, within our families, within the workplace, within the church. Oh, God, use us. Help us to be what we need to be for you. God, show yourself real to this church. Oh, God, show yourself real to your people. I'm not talking the building. God, I'm talking your people. God, if there's somebody here that needs to know you as Lord and Savior, may they leave this place knowing you without a shadow of a doubt. That they can have a hope. That they can rest in you. So as Gideon took that ox and took it to that altar and sacrificed it on that rock. God, we pick up the cross today. Lord, we sacrifice our life for you. For you did that for us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.